From WDBM, East Lansing. You are listening to The The Undercurrent. Our weekly news and storytelling program. Made by and for the students of Michigan State University. You are listening to The The Undercurrent. From WDBM East Lansing, welcome to The Undercurrent Season 10, Episode 6. This is our election special, because after all, elections are on Tuesday, November 6. Some people are projecting a blue wave. Some people think that Trump's recent inflammatory comments regarding the migrant caravan will bring out a wave of Republican voters. It's really up in the air at this point, but I hope this episode can at least help you feel like you're making a bit more of an informed decision. There's always time to do more research. Coming up first on the show, we have an interview reporter Sophie Sagan did with the College Democrats. She also reached out to the College Republicans, but they declined to comment. Sophie heard about what candidates the Dems are endorsing this year, learned a little bit about proposals 1, 2, and 3 that will be on our Michigan ballots. Enjoy! It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's right, Halloween has come and gone, and now it's time for America's favorite national holiday. General Midterm Election Day is this upcoming Tuesday, November 6th. This election has been widely anticipated ever since the 2016 presidential election. With the expected influx of political participation right around the corner, I wanted to know how Michigan State students were feeling about the elections and which candidates they were particularly excited about. So... I reached out to both the Michigan State College Democrats and College Republicans. Unfortunately, I was unable to secure an interview with anyone from the College Republicans. However, I did have the pleasure of having a quick conversation with College Democrats Press Secretary, Mesa Sitar. Here's Mesa on her feelings about the upcoming election. Um, I'm pretty excited. I think, you know, as a Democrat, I want Democrats to win. Um, And I think particularly with Proposal 1, which is on marijuana, I think that's going to draw out a lot of blue voters. Um, And I think with kind of the blue wave that we've seen across the country, um, I think that we have a really good chance of winning big in this election. All across the country, we've been seeing a lot of blue candidates do really well in primaries, just a lot of like Democratic turnout. Um, In some of the special elections, we've seen Democrats win. Um, And in Michigan in particular, I think that we're more likely to swing blue. Michigan's 8th district, which is where we are right now, um, has Alyssa Slotkin running. And for the first time in since I like this since 2000, this is a competitive race for Democrats. Um, It was redistricted to be Um, you know, kind of pro-Republican back in 2000. Um, And this year, you know, she has a a chance of winning, which is something. So who else is she especially excited about and hoping to see do well on Tuesday? Yeah, so Alyssa Slotkin, first and foremost. Um, She would be our house rep for Michigan 8th. Um, And she's running against Mike Bishop, um, who is an incumbent, really hasn't done anything good, um, voted uh, against health care, that sort of thing. Um, she is a national security analyst, or she was, um, and she worked for two different presidents, so she was bipartisan, and she's just very logical, um, very intelligent. I think she'll be a great choice. Um, and then an, kind of an underrated candidate is Dana Nessel, but I'm really excited about her. She's running for attorney general. Um, and then I guess the third one that I'm really excited about is Jocelyn Benson, who's running for Secretary of State. Um, And the exciting thing about that is paired with Proposal 3, which is promote the vote. 
Um, she could really get a lot done. She wants to make it so that you only have to wait 30 minutes um, in DMV lines. Um, she's really, really excited about getting students to vote and like breaking down a lot of the barriers that Michigan has put up. And what about right here at Michigan State University? Does she have any thoughts on who the new Board of Trustees members should be? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you saw, but the state news came out with an article um, today uh, endorsing two candidates, both the Democratic candidates, but they specifically said it was bipartisan. So the way the Board of Trustee race works is that it used to be kind of a party favor. Um, so if you were rich, donated a lot of money, went to MSU, they'd be like, sure, you can be the MSU Board of Trustees person. Um, and it was really never contested. And then this year, you know, with everything that's been going on, um, a lot of qualified candidates ran. And so Brianna Scott and Kelly Bay are the two Democratic candidates. But, you know, in reality, it really shouldn't even be a partisan race. Um, they've both showed up to many MSU events. Um, Kelly has been there from day one. Um, she's willing to listen to students. Um, if you have concerns and you go up to talk to her and you're like, this is what's going on, she might not know right away. I think there's a lot of knowledge gap. Um, but she, the next time you see her, she's read about it. She has a plan for it. And she's willing to talk about it. Um, and Brianna Scott has been pretty similar. So I'm excited about those candidates. Um, just a note, Dave Dutch and Mike Miller, the Republicans, support open carry on campus, um, which is something that I'm personally very opposed to. Um, and so that's just one reason, you know, not to vote for them. But Michiganders aren't just using their vote to fill seats. They're also deciding whether or not to pass three state proposals. Here's Mesa again with a rundown. Proposal three is by far my favorite. Um, it's the promote the vote, like I talked about, um, and it would make automatic voter registration. It would allow you to get an absentee ballot no matter what. Um, it would just, like get rid of that 30-day registration period that's ridiculous. Um, it would really just make it so much easier for everyone to vote, but in particular college students. So that one, um, like I really hope that passes. Um, personally, I think all three are probably going to pass. Um, district uh, redistricting, so proposal two is also really exciting. Hopefully it'll pass. We have a census coming up, so we would be able to get fair districts pretty soon. Um, and then marijuana legalization. Um, it's polling right now to pass, and uh, you know a, a lot of the marijuana laws specifically target um, the African-American community. Um, you know, you can find online a quote from one of Nixon's top advisors who said that, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially the marijuana, uh, the fact that marijuana is illegal is really just to target, you know, African-Americans and hippies is pretty much what he said. So, you know, I think we have a lot of problems with how we regulate marijuana. And I think that um, there's also a lot to be gained from the revenue that it could provide the city. With all of that to think about, Michigan voters have an important job to do on Tuesday. Every election is significant, right? But this one especially feels high stakes. It's once again our chance to tell our government what we want. It's a good reminder not just to the people in power, but to the average citizen that this is our city, our state, our nation. It belongs to all of us. Here's Mesa one more time. I think the most important thing is, yes, I want Democratic candidates to win, and I want people to vote for them. Um, but in the end, I just want people to vote, um, because I think that's how our democracy works best. And no matter who you're voting for on Election Day, like cast a ballot and vote in all the races and, you know, look up your candidates. We have a voting guide out there somewhere. I think ACLU does. I think 
uh, ASMSU does. So just like be informed and vote. For Impact Student News, I'm Sophie Sagan. You're tuned in to The Undercurrent. I'm your host, Cole Tunningly. You're listening to our election special. Coming up now is a story from the archives, another one by reporter Sophie Sagan. This is an interview with Alyssa Slotkin, who's challenging Mike Bishop for his seat in Congress. Let's talk about politics. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Let's just not and say that we did. But hear me out, because I think there's someone you should meet. My name is Alyssa Slotkin, and I'm running for Congress in Michigan's 8th District, which is this district here um, where we're sitting right now, East Lansing, Lansing, all of Ingham County, all of Livingston County, and North Oakland County through Rochester. She has an extensive background in national service. She did multiple tours in Iraq, working with the CIA, the Pentagon, and the White House when she returned home. The diversity of her roles has allowed her to work with both Democrats and Republicans, and it gives her an edge with constituents who are frustrated by the gridlock they see in Washington. You know, I tell people I served three tours in Iraq and no one ever asked if I was a Democrat or Republican because it doesn't matter, right? You're focused on the mission. I'm proud of my experience of working for both sides. And I know that for a lot of people, maybe in other parts of the district, that's a really important reason why they're even listening to me. And the most common thing I hear when I knock on doors, when I talk to people, you know, I was knocking on doors in Clarkson this past weekend, and I said, what's, you know, I'm running for office. What's your number one issue? And she said, you know what? I wish the, the Republicans and Democrats in Washington would just forget for one minute that they're Republicans or Democrats and get to work. And it's that spirit that I think um, really drives me. Um, but, you know, you also need to call a spade a spade. If one party or the other is doing something um, that doesn't make sense, I have no problem calling them out for it. Uh, even our own party, even the Democratic Party. Um, and um, I am consider myself independently minded. So she gets it. People feel like their voices aren't being heard because they see politicians as self-serving, which brings us to Alyssa's campaign. She's going about it a little differently than most people who run for office. In short, Alyssa has decided not to take any money from corporate PAC donations. I'll let her explain the role of money in her campaign. So to be honest with you, one of the reasons I almost didn't get in this race is because of the role of money in politics. It is as insidious as you think it is, probably even worse. Um, just by way of comparison, Mike Bishop, the incumbent in this district, um, he and his supporters spent $2.5 million winning the seat last cycle in 2016. Um, so that's the order of magnitude we're talking about for money and we had to really take a, a hard look at it because um, our campaign finance laws are so screwed up that it actually encourages you to take these big checks from these corporate PACs um, rather than working really hard to get $10 donations, $25 donations from individuals. But I think, you know, while it's not illegal to take corporate PAC money, it just smells bad. It just smells bad. So we just... We thought about it and we just said, you know what, we want to be crystal clear. So we announced that we're not taking corporate PAC dollars. So far, this decision has worked in her favor. The little donations add up. Slotkin has outraised her opponent in both campaign quarters so far. We outraised him by $130,000. So um, to me, this is proof positive, A, that we have momentum, B, that people are just extremely focused on change and see that um, they just want something different out of their representative. They just want to know that they have someone engaged representing them. So, um, yeah, we're really proud of that. Week. 
We mentioned before, Alyssa is running in Michigan's 8th district. So for any Michigan State students listening, that's you. That's your district. And if you didn't know, it's been gerrymandered specifically to disenfranchise you. It's a little known fact, but in 1999, um, the uh, Republican Party changed the law in the state of Michigan specifically because of this district um, and stated that um, college students around the state could only register to vote where they were living if they went ahead and changed their license at the Secretary of State. So if you're from Traverse City or you're from uh, Birmingham, Michigan, or you're from Grand Rapids and you go to state, you can't do what I did in college, which was just take my student ID and my, you know, a bill that comes to my house or something addressed to me at my house um, on campus and register to vote here in East Lansing. You cannot do that. Um, What you need to do is go online and actually change your address on your license and uh, you get sent a sticker. Um, right, that goes on the back. But that's yep, like I got one of those. Okay, okay. Well, good for you because that's <laughs> awesome. A lot of people, you know, that feels like a lot of work. They don't want to do it, whatever. So that was built to make sure that as few Michigan State students as possible voted in this district. As a result, Michigan State students aren't being represented fairly. For example, first of all, um, you don't have your current representative having an office here in Lansing or East Lansing, like pretty much the most populous part of the district. Um, And then just an advocate in Washington. Michigan State receives a huge amount of federal grant money, right? I mean, it's a huge part of the budget here, a huge way that our grad students have funding. Um, Wouldn't an advocate who actually, like, cares about those issues um, be useful in Washington? And because the voting population is a fraction of what it should be, you know, our representative maybe doesn't pay as much attention to Michigan State Um, as, you know, you should. Alyssa is focused on students. She gets that getting through college is hard. Here are some of her ideas for helping students pay for college. 50 years ago in Michigan, the state pays 75% of tuition and the student would pay 25%. And now those numbers have literally reversed. So the student pays 75%, the state pays 25%. And it's a huge issue um, around the district, not just in in Lansing and East Lansing. Um, The first thing I would do right off the bat is just say student loans have to have a capped interest rate. You just can't. It's not the same thing as wanting to, you know, even buy a new car or, or anything like that. Like education is so deeply tied to the future of our state, of our economy, Um, that we're going to cap interest rates for student loans. And they shouldn't be um, predatory the way that many of our loan agencies, unfortunately, are here. Um, The second thing is we need um, as many school-to-work programs as we can get in here, co-op programs where you as a student, you do well for a couple of years, you find the thing you really care about, and then there's all kinds of companies who are waiting for you to take you know, do part-time internships paid while you're still in school so that the minute you graduate, you know where you're going. I meet a lot of people who say, you know, I'm taking on so much debt. And if I just knew that at the end of the rainbow, there was a well-paid job, well, then it'd, it'd be worth it, right? I'd know that I could pay it back. We have vacancies in some of the best paid jobs in the state right now. You can drive over to Rochester. They are desperate for people in IT, coding, cybersecurity, healthcare, advanced manufacturing. Like, they will hire you right out of school. And if there's a demand 
um, from our businesses and then a supply of amazing young people, that's a solvable problem to bring them together earlier than after graduation. Talking with Alyssa, I got the sense that she sees power as coming from the bottom up. She believes that change comes from people, from volunteers who take politics personally and who show up. I'll leave you with the message she has for students. The late 60s and early 70s were an amazing time of change led by young people. And I just think we're at one of those moments again. It's just one of those generational moments where um, the, the, the power of young people when they get together and decide to act is monumental. And the energy that's out there, you can feel it. So the, my advice is tap that, like use it, do something with it. And, you know, obviously, please, for heaven's sake, vote, right? That's a huge deal. Um, and I know sometimes people feel like their vote doesn't matter. It does really matter. So voting, um, but then just like taking all that energy that you guys have and devoting it to a cause you feel, pa- there's nothing more significant than a group of young people acting on their passion. We're watching it unfold right now at Michigan State. So um, harness that, use it, you can change things. Um, and I'm just gonna like be along for the ride. For Impact Student Radio, I'm Sophie Sagan. That's it for this week's show. Election Day is Tuesday, November 6th, and if you feel like voting, then you can do that. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I hope it was informative for you. Maybe you learned something. Maybe your decision is a little bit easier, and if it's still not, you still have time to research any candidate and, you know, make an informed decision. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you also to our general manager, Jeremy Whiting, our station manager, Olivia Mitchell, and our programming director, Simon Ferenzi. Thank you also to Nick Saba, Connor Meston, and Sophie Sagan for their work on this episode. I've been your host, Cole Tunningly. Hope you have a good one. Bye.